This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, and I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on WSB. And we are knee-deep in talking about big tech and its effect on us. Uh, it's a forum for free speech, uh, or I should say it is our forum for political speech these days. And what does that mean? If it's a private company, can it censor? Uh, I'm a libertarian. I'm supposed to say yes, you know, uh, uh Private freedoms do or die, but the reality is these are not private companies. They were created by the governments. They were given the patents. They were the patents were developed by government research grants, and they were given deliberately to private individuals to attract private money to expand the surveillance state faster and bigger and better than than the government ever could have done on its own. And that's what it is. That is what the massive surveillance state is. It's a public-private partnership. In the words of the guy who was at the National Science Foundation uh, at some point, but that was the organization that funded Sergey Brin and Larry Page in creating Google as a mass surveillance uh, entity. And... The article he wrote was what I call limited hangout. It was, or everybody would call it that, because that cat must be completely out of the bag. So he just had to reiterate how it was for terrorism, terrorism, terrorism. But this was in the early 90s. And if you read articles like that, they talk about the USA Patriot Act coming out as a result of 9-11. It was, it was out. Joe Biden claims to have written it. They tried to pass it after Oklahoma City. So they tell you that these things are reactions, but they're not. That's why so many people believe in false flags. There's a policy desired. It doesn't pass. Then an event happens that gets the policy to pass. Who, and you, and that, those events often do not involve trials. So you question that. And questioning that in itself is a major theme of this YouTube suppression. But that is not the only problem with this stuff. The problem is it makes zombies out of people. It, I believe, and I've seen evidence that it causes serious psychological problems in uh, girls, in teen girls, social media and stuff, uh, uh, physical, you know, ADD or hyperactivity, Tourette's syndrome, seizures in uh, boys with too much gaming. I want... Uh, you know, I want to, I want, I think this is a very widespread problem. What do you think? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to go to the phones in a second, but Binkley, uh, my producer here, was saying you, you had a good, uh, uh, you have conducted a thought experiment, you're recommending a thought experiment. I mean, I've done it too, but yeah, what do you do? Yeah, you just go to a city block that has a lot of people on it walking around and put your phone in your pocket for about five minutes and just watch people. And you'll probably not see anyone's eyes because their face will be plastered to their iPhone or their iPad the whole time. And when you look at it, it really looks like I've done that. I've done it recently. I started putting my phone down because like it was just I was overwhelmed by it. And I would like get into these back and forths with my kids. And it just didn't. It's just 
misunderstands your eyes. It's too, it's disruptive. You can never be where you are, who you are. And when I started doing that recently, I didn't even realize how much of a victim of it I was. As I started doing that recently, just putting it down, I wasn't even intending to look at other people, but I put it down and like I was sitting in the doctor's office the other day and I just, you know, looked up. And I was just like, you know what? And everybody's face was in their phones. Like you couldn't have a conversation. You couldn't. I mean, there was nothing going on in the world around you because everybody has their face in their phones. And and when driverless technology, which is also a government funded uh, tech, when that comes down, you won't even have that time. I feel like driving. I tell my kids, put the phones down in the car and just look out the window because it's the one time you're actually going to see the world go by. And there, and it's just, it, it reminds me of the SpongeBob movie where Plankton takes over the world by putting chum buckets on everybody's heads with antennas sticking out of them. <laughs> the next time you see, you should check out that movie. And then the next time you see the, uh, the Apple iWatch ad where people are like in third world countries, they're at the barrio, they're doing backflips in African countries and native garb. And uh, I mean, it just looks like what a diverse and wonderful world we have. And they all have eyewatches on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just feel like if somebody turned on a giant magnet, we'd all just like get sucked into the vortex. <laughs> and I, you know, it's we're all the same now. Like what's coming out of that thing is not beautiful uh, dashikis or whatever. It's the, all the same. It's the monoculture, the global monoculture of consumption at its best. See, they're trying to make us think that it's consumption, but it's not just consumption. It is a kind of uh, it's a kind of mind control that we, as Eric said in the beginning of the show, have signed up for ourselves. That I don't want to go too long without hearing from Joe. Joe, thanks for waiting. You are on with Monica. Hi, Joe. Hi. Um, I'm not sure if this goes along with your subject, but I remember, I don't know if you're old enough to remember the Mario Brothers games. I, I never played it, but I'm familiar, yeah. Okay. When my children would play those games, they would turn into monsters. Um, I, I, I couldn't get them off, the, get them away from it, uh, to come to supper or to go to bed. And I finally just took the DVR and put it up. Yes. I, I took them away. Good job. And then, um, then one of them, uh, son, my grandson came up and he had some games that he brought with him to stay with me over the weekend. And, uh, I, I went up to watch them with him, and it was, I, I just, it, it made me sick to my stomach. It was just so violent. First-person shooter said, stuff. Is, yeah. I said, this is too violent for me to watch, and I don't think you should be watching. He said, well, Grammy, it's not, it's not violent unless there's blood. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, so, they, I mean, that, it, yes. it's, it's, it's mind control. It really is. Yeah, and they, and they try to uh, that first of all that violence. Like I can't, I'm not a, a shrinking violet or you know, squeamish. But when I see the violence, like on HBO, I stopped. I stopped getting HBO because I can't. Everyone, you'd be watching like a normal show, and they would show some gruesome scene that was just horrible and get inside your head. I mean, it's bad for your soul. Westworld's like that. Boardwalk Empire was like that. Sons of Anarchy wasn't even that bad like that, and it was still pretty bad. Whereas uh, it used to just be sex, but now it's violence too. And I agree, it's it's just uh, it's terrible for their minds but i had that addictive experience one time and i didn't realize like it was uh males were more prone to it than females but i got a video game before i even had kids but not that long before 
uh, and I got a video game called Munch's Odyssey. It was like a sci-fi kind of game, but it was silly. It was cute. I played that thing from beginning to end. It wasn't like Atari. I don't know about Mario Brothers, but when I used to play Breakout on Atari, it wasn't that hard, that, that bad to break yourself away. But this, I played the whole thing from beginning to end, and I just sat in a dark room for probably three days straight. I don't. It's actually kind of a good weight loss thing because you don't eat at all, but it's like bad for hygiene because you don't shower either. And I finally finished this game, and it was. I mean, I just simply couldn't drag myself away. So my son recently said to me, "Mom, there's Munch's Odyssey two for Xbox, and I'm saving it for you." And I was like, "I will never have 72 hours." of absolutely nothing to do again. I'm not doing it. I never played another game after that. It was clearly evil, but kids don't remember the before time. They can't, they they don't know that this is not the way it's supposed to be. And I think it's not it, it, like AR, augmented reality, virtual reality is something that I don't think we will accept, but that our kids will be grown up on. I mean, Binkley, do you think that you, I mean, are you going to get hooked on AR? You said you've, you've experimented with it, right? I would like to not get hooked on AR, but I think that it's going to be forced on us. I think the news experience is going to be a virtual augmented reality experience because that's how you make people feel the emotions of a story as opposed to them reading it. They were talking on CNN the other day. There's a big theme of People don't need to read the, the Mueller report. Mueller needs to come testify because people don't read. That's why you and I can find all these confessions of a conspiracist because they write down what they're doing. They write down what they're doing. Yeah. And you can, and if you can still read, you can, uh, all they have to do is put it in cursive and absolutely nobody will be able <laughs> to read it after a certain point. But that, yeah, that's true that they're, um, didn't you find an actual like I think it was an audio you played for us on our podcast of a of a news person saying that was the future of news? There was a, a quartz thing that we did a while ago where the entire thing was about how virtual reality was the future of news. Yes, like 360 virtual reality. They even have that on CNN right now. You can go to quartz quartz.com quartz.com. I can link the video. Yeah, no, that's where this this re- revelation on the Google's true origin. Yeah was i mean which is kind of crazy because you'll see there was another article i forget the guy he's very like a millennial oriented almost truther i forget his name he you would know his name in a second uh very popular but he wrote the first article about sergey brin and his digital data grants and all that stuff but this article tells the truth about well it's it tells almost the whole truth about how deep it goes, but that's on courts. I'm like, courts is like a very, uh, it's a very high level limited hangout. It's yeah. for people like us, if we were just one degree less conspiranoid, people like us to say, see, this is the truth. The truth is out there. Yeah. But the truth is one step further into the rabbit hole than this. And they can prevent us from finding it if they present news. Like CNN has virtual reality and 360 video. You can go experience the situation. You can go step into Syria the way they present yes. the news. Yes. And that's super scary because, because the facts are often different from what they are telling you to support policies. So there can be, I think the news is 90% true. 
but it's the spin, the details that get to the policy. And if they show you, even if they say this is virtual reality, this isn't really Syria, but we've been there before. And uh, just to give you an idea of what it might feel like in the bunker that launched the chemical weapons, why don't you come with us to this other bunker that has nothing to do with that? You know, they'll do stuff like that. And if they did it in a virtual reality way, you would not be able, I believe, I bet if you did studies, you could not distinguish it in your mind. Absolutely. They've done studies where people were unable to distinguish it. Yeah, I, I believe that. And and here's the thing. I'm pretty convinced, pretty convinced, like there's no doubt in my mind that the, I know it's true, that their tech is so in advance of what they let the public know about that what they're telling us about, oh, it's almost seamless. It's like, oh, you mean I'm a robot? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. obviously beyond anything that I've even conceived of so far. But uh, let's... Let's get some more calls after the break. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. What do you think are the biggest dangers of big tech? This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. They think they control the galaxy. I disagree. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Uh, we, we have a lot to cover in that. This what you're hearing today about or you will be hearing a lot about big tech regulation and YouTube censorship. I think is much bigger than what they're saying to you. They want to impose regulations, in my opinion, because regulations, to adhere to regulations costs a lot of money. And as the censorship comes down from YouTube, Google, Facebook, uh, Twitter, people are being driven to alternatives like Gab AI, for example. And maybe it doesn't uh, it doesn't have the the network effect that the more established stuff has. And that established stuff was established by the intelligence community. So uh, they g- were given an unfair advantage. I do not classify them as private companies. I am not an advocate of public-private partnerships of any kind, sp- particularly not when it comes to mass surveillance and deceptive government practices against citizens in violation of numerous of their rights. But as we look at the uh, the censorship coming down and people want to go to alternatives, even if it's not as good or um, it has a pain, it's a pain to switch over, they will be driven to doing it as the censorship gets increasingly tight. So when you have when you have that scenario, you uh, startups will emerge to take away and time has passed. They can probably have the tech and, and you can piggyback off the other tech startups will emerge that will provide outlets for, you know, Minutemen or whatever, like libertarian groups or, um, uh, anti-war groups or what, whatever, what's perceived to be an anti-government or as the anti-defamation league president said about Tim Cook, like he's suppressing dangerous anti-government people. Then uh, if you have regulatory barriers of entry, it'll be too expensive for startups to pop up everywhere. It'll really limit competition, which is what they the opposite of what they say they're doing. But I believe that would be the impact of what they are doing. And I want to tell you specifically what they're censoring after the break. Uh, you can call me 800-WSB-TALK, 404-872-0750, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. 
Monica Perez. Don't hate the player, hate the game, son. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6. And part of those threats are from this digital revolution. And I'm not saying it's a little nuanced because when they're taking your Bill of Rights away, you know it. We're letting it happen, people. We're letting it happen in the name of, on the right, terrorism, immigration, drugs, and on the left, guns, and who knows what else. Uh, identity, probably, in some general sense. So we are all, for our own reasons, allowing this to happen. And I'm just picking up on a theme that Eric introduced, the caller earlier in the show, that we are responsible for allowing these things to happen to us. But it is often uh, a a deliberate, we've been deliberately lulled into a state of security or we are unaware of the dangers that we face. And I want to explore those themes a little bit. I also am open to calls about just what your experience has been. How have smartphones impacted your family? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. And of course, the convenience of it all is just spectacular. I mean, it's it seems like it's 90% good in that way. But even when I think about uh, increased productivity and the benefits of that, I I feel like once you've gotten enough to eat and, you know, are not in a state of discomfort, maybe increasing productivity or being in constantly connected to the outside world is is destroying something of real value, like being home. Building roads makes it easier to travel, makes it you get more pay for work. So you work more. I mean, you would work more on the margin. It would be like an economic truth. But what is that? What is the cost of that? Is it then women... Uh, American women who are better educated then are on the road more and immigrant women who are less educated raise their kids for them. Like, is that, is that, yes, that is productivity, but is it really what you would do, what you would choose outside of artificially stimulated uh, efficiencies? So, all right, when I start spinning into the economic stuff, which I, of course, think is super fun, sometimes I lose the conversation. So let's get back to the conversation. My producer, Binkley, is here. He got a couple of tweets. I'm uh, hungry for some tweets. I do. I have one from Franny, who says uh, that her students are elementary school-aged, and they often complain that their moms and dads are too connected to their devices. They can't get their attention at times. And then she says, sadly, they'll be joining them soon enough. I absolutely believe that. I mean, it, you, oh, but I will give people advice. I had all these rules and everything. I didn't give my kids phones till eighth grade, basically. And uh, I had all sorts of rules. And I, because it was just, it was only, I think, like a year ago, uh, maybe a year and a half, it was before Apple had introduced screen time. But I'll tell you, be very, very careful and deliberate about how you unfold this stuff and really get in there. Make sure that your iCloud accounts, your devices are connected. And it's it's very simple to use, but like I don't I I I didn't have my infrastructure set up right to just throw the switch. So make sure you know what your rules are. I read that social media time for girls exceeding 
interactive screens. So social media and games, I think, is basically interactive screens that more than an hour a day uh, results in negative net psychological impact, anxiety, low self-esteem. Now, with the games, I feel like... uh, in my experience, I do, I think that the the games when they're interactive with friends and highly controlled as far as content can be a way for like awkward teens to connect. I don't know. It could just be my bias because like that's how it's shaking out in my house. Sorry if anyone's listening who's an awkward teen. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, what else you got, Binkley? I know somebody who met friends through online gaming. That they were in other states, and then when they visited that state, they met them in person. They became and, buddies, and they kidnapped them. No, they actually. This You're was a good good that. end for this story. Oh, good. You know, I do tell my kids like you got to watch it, and it absolutely pops up. We we don't let them play games with people who the, that we have not actually met personally. So it's always you know people we know. But then, but but the stuff where it's like strangers, they a, a lot of times it's fine. But absolutely, it has happened where these people are what they call catfish. They're not what they appear to be. Oh, yeah. And so dangerous. And I remember once, like, I told my kid, I was like, did that person ask you to meet them somewhere? It definitely and The answer attracts. was yes. I was like, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you have to have, and, and I would check their phones. I mean, you have to figure out what kind of privacy. I do not do that now. Like, there's no way to get that genie back in the bottle. But it's a very expensive and luxurious privilege to have that high-tech stuff. Make them earn it. Make them do the dishes for every hour of of uh, screen time. Because it not only has a negative impact on them, it crowds out things that are good. Like reading, playing music, doing chores, walking the dog. Like, I mean, think hard about it and it's actually pretty hard to find um good resources that help you through that that process i commonsense.com is it seems very genuine to me but anyway the phone offers or maybe dot org all yeah. the things in the world you could want instant gratification and that's hard to fight against because if you, as soon as you have that urge to want something and the phone's right there. It's not. And, and the problem is that it's not real. So yeah. what it's happening is it's creating like the games with the boys. It's creating these needs, these like adrenaline rushes and stuff that are are not physically dissipated. So then they run around like bouncing off the walls when they're finished or start <laughs> like getting like really like, you know, muscle spasms, like a little baby. You see how babies just kind of like tweak out? Like they, yeah. they'll get like that. And then also with the social media, it's that FOMO, fear of missing out thing. They they respond to their envy, I guess it is, I don't know, uh, by, by creating their own images that create envy. So like nobody's really living the life. Right. They look like they're living the life that they're envying, but they're not really living it. And neither is the other person. Yeah. And uh, and it's and they're addicted to it because you do get that. Do- I was getting it with Twitter. I had to kind of migrate off of Twitter a little bit. Uh, and now I'll just mm-hmm. do it when I'm sitting down to do it. Like I try to just do it on my laptop. So as a discipline away from, you know, do just doing it constantly on the phone. It's challenging. It's not easy. No, but once you do it, like your eyes are open. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, I get it now. Um, uh, I'm going to get to a couple of calls and then I want to do more tweets. 
I am going to go to Deborah in coming. Hi, Deborah. You are on hey. with Monica. How you doing? Hi. I'm doing good. I was mentioning to your screener that I'm a family law attorney, and I've been a lawyer for 34 years. So I've been a lawyer when kids didn't have phones, and of course now kids do have them. And I'm telling you that I have about three or four cases right now because in Georgia, after age 13, children can make a choice which parent they want to live with. And if a parent is monitoring the phone and disciplining on the phone and giving limited time and the other parent is not, that child will put aside parental love, concern, and they've got to have that phone. And some of it is things they're doing on those phones which are not good for them at all, sexting and all kinds of wow. things. And it is a real problem. And I think the courts, you know, um, are not really equipped to understand how much these phones and this media means to these kids. And and, and they're um, probably making the exact opposite choice of the one they should be making because, like, my daughter will say, like, I... Well, you don't you don't love me. That's why you're restricting. It's like, hey, man, you think I want to have this discussion right now? Like, this is very painful to to have to take this away from you. I'm doing it because I love you. You know. And if as oh, uh, Deborah, I'm losing you. Get back in your cell. I need to hear you. Uh, Deborah, 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 call back if you get a better sell. I'm going to go to, uh, George in Woodstock. Hi, George. You're on with Monica. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I was listening to the commentary a little bit earlier about how Google started off as really a government directive and they funded them. And I think we know that even if the government funded them, it's not necessarily a case for the government to allow to kind of restrict their freedom because I hate the censorship too. But the other thing is that if the government funded them to try and improve their spying and their information gathering, even if that were the case originally, right now it's not really relevant to the censorship because if that's what they still wanted to do, the censorship wouldn't line up with that. If anything, they'd want to let that hate speech fly so that they could track it. Well, here's the thing. They said they started out with it all those years ago to identify terrorists who flock together. And yet, 25 years later, they're telling us that actually all of their efforts resulted in the exact opposite, which is people are radicalized online. And yes, you could say that those are unintended consequences, actually opposite consequences, massive government inefficiency and that kind of thing but the but if you look at other stuff that they write there's a really comprehensive i have it in the form of a slideshow so it's like 150 pages but it's a darpa document that talks about memetics memes and how they use these ideas on the internet they say it's in foreign countries only so i don't know if i believe that but where they use that stuff in order to enhance dysfunctional subcultures in target countries. And I would posit the very short leap that we are a target country, that, we, that they they might be right. enhancing dysfunctional subcultures on purpose. Like, I, I understand what you're saying. If they gave them a little seed money, government research, that happens a lot. They generate these patents and they give it to, uh, award it to a private entity that can make the most of it. But I, mm -hmm. I'm suspicious that that's not what's happening and that they have had a hand in glove relationship with these guys the whole time and that this is part of a, a somewhat more sinister plan. 
yeah, population control, you know. I think it's a great case for my part for gathering more information but not censoring or not regulating that, you yeah. know, proprietor censorship. Yes, and I would say I would say that what they're saying the answer is is to regulate it on an antitrust basis and put in a lot of like centralizing overlaying um controls and all that but i look at like the marijuana market pot's getting legal all over the place and if they and they're regulating it a lot if they didn't regulate it you would have i mean pot is a weed it would just right. sprout up like weeds totally organically where it's wanted to be weeded out where it was not wanted. And instead, what you're going to have is a high, what you actually do have is highly synthetic, highly processed, highly chemical regulated stuff that did not grow out of the ground. That's worse for you. And that keeps the natural stuff from being out there. So instead of having huge regulatory barriers to entry where they say, well, you have to, I, I anticipate they're going to say, you have to answer to us, you have to perform, you have to give these reports, you have to check these boxes, you have to suppress this kind of speech, you have to make sure there's a backdoor for intelligence to get into your company. All those regulatory frameworks are going to keep startups from getting in there. So at the very least, I would say don't regulate them. Do not regulate them. Is that what you're, you're saying the same, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the pot regulation has more to do with the fact that that's kind of a step to decriminalization. If we were starting from scratch, I don't think we would regulate it nearly as much as we are right now. That's kind of a compromise to appease the ones who don't want it decriminalized at all. Yeah, I think that that's right. And also what you get and when you get those kind of situations is they uh, you get people then who are invested in in the new industry and then they're going to have lobbying power and there probably won't be any going back from that. But yeah, that's certainly what justifies it. So I'm with you with that. So may I, I hope I didn't sound like I was in favor of the regulation. I'm not, I'm not in favor of the censorship either. Let's continue with the conversation, but I got to take a quick break. 800 WSB talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez show. Monica Perez. Everything you do is being watched by some all-seeing eye. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Just before the break, I think it was George. Is that right, Bankley? Was that George, the caller? Is that what you George from Woodstock. Nice. He, that was an excellent call. Thank you, George. Please call in whenever you want. Uh, because I I. What you had said was kind of the reflected where I had come out before I was buried in all these articles. Like you pull on this string and the whole thing unravels. But the but but the conclusion remains the same, which is this is a unique situation. It is this public private thing or something that we haven't really when you talk about needing a new legal architecture, you don't need that for what we have for the Constitution, the Bill of Rights and stuff. This public private thing. Uh, when it comes together, I mean, that's when you start talking about socialism and fascism. And those that is we do not have the legal architecture for that. So this stuff should and and it's wrong. In my opinion, it's it's a violation of our fundamental, our foundational documents, our system. Uh, and And I think what you led with, George, is that we need to. You said you need more information. We need to expose it. I'm now putting words in your mouth, but what I thought was like, this needs to be 
vetted, investigated, no national security exception to understanding it. I don't believe their nonsense that this massive thing was to ferret out a few terrorists. I do not believe that. I think it's what it says. It's develop AI and to have total information awareness of all people at all times, which they later changed to terrorist information awareness. I mean, later they changed their program to be, you know, whatever. So uh, I agree. we got to blow the lid off of this. And uh, we are going to, I'm going to blow the lid off of Google's new blacklist after the break. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.